Welcome to the New Day Community Church Sermon Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message from the Kalamazoo, Michigan campus. For more info on the church, visit newdaycommunity.org. I uh, just want to share a, a little bit more of a, a longer announcement concerning a kind of significant change for us as a church in 2018. Uh, Mark Morris is the associate pastor here. And he has been serving great. I love to brag on Mark. He uh, is uh, willing to do whatever I ask him and uh, do it with, a, you know, vigorously as best he can. And one of the, he used to be afraid of, I think he still is afraid of heights. But one of the things I train young pastors to do is just being smart, right? <laughs> but I, you have to change these light bulbs. and It's a 20-foot high ceiling. And so I'm like, uh, so when he came on, I was like, Mark, guess what? That's what you got to do that now. I'm not going to do it anymore. And uh, by golly, he's so good at it. He gets it done. And he's actually trained other people how to do it as well. (laughs) It's stuff you don't learn at seminary. Okay. They don't teach you that at seminary. It's real church, real pastoring. But Mark's done everything really well. And about four years ago, we hired him full-time. He was before that working part-time. But we did that it was, um, a little more than four years ago. It was when we were launching the church in Vandalia because I knew I needed someone else full-time in order to go back and forth and all of what would be involved. And um, I didn't expect him to take on so much responsibility in the Vandalia uh, congregation, but he really, really stepped up above and beyond what, what I had anticipated. And, and he's been really key in that congregation uh, for the entire time. And so he's going to continue being the associate pastor. uh, I'm the senior pastor. He's the associate pastor of all three congregations. Uh, But what we've uh, decided to do, one one of the goals of the 320 and beyond is to raise enough money to hire a site pastor for Vandalia, like we have a site pastor for Vine. But that's going to be, it could be a few years out before we get to that stage. And we don't even know who that person is yet. Um, and to fill the gap between then and now, Mark is going to turn and, and put most of his attention on, on Van- Vandalia. He still will be the associate pastor here. He'll still be involved here. But most Sundays, unless he's teaching here, he and his wife Amber are going to be attending uh, Vandalia. So, you know, if it's been a while since you've seen Mark, there's a reason. They haven't left the church. <laughs> They're just attending down there, but he still will be having office hours here. He, you can still call on him. Um, it's just that uh, we've relieved all of the other responsibilities that he was carrying here, like the discipleship track, which he really uh, took up to the next level, and uh, the welco- uh, the new member training. We've handed that off to another uh, group. He was doing children's ministry before, but we have a rock-solid children's ministry leadership team now with uh, the St. John's and, and Teresa Vollmer. And so all of those different areas of ongoing um, responsibility we've handed off. And um, he's going to be focusing down there. Does that make sense? <coughs> all right. So keep in touch with him. Uh, he's excited about that and, and is one of the changes that we're making in the new year. Next, we have um, someone that went a little bit further than Vandalia. <laughs> uh, and that's all the way to Peru. And I'll never forget the day John and uh, Reagan, could you come on up? Where are they? Are they still here? Yeah, there we go. John, give John Yurdy and Reagan his fiance a big hand. 
I don't know when it was five, six years ago that uh, uh, John came and said, you know, I, I, I want some input. I, I feel like God's calling me to go to Peru. I'm like, it's got to be God. I mean, I, I don't even have to pray about that. If you want to go to Peru, it must be God, you know, because Peru is a difficult place. It's like jungle. Most of it's jungle. It's a crazy place. But, um, you know, he tested it out. He walked it out, and God's blessed him. And so he's been serving down there for many years. And we're just going to give John and Reagan a few minutes to share an update about their ministry. All right? Go for it. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. That was definitely a God thing for me because that is one of the last places I would have wanted to go. So the jungles of the Amazon, the Amazon jungles of Peru. So that's how I knew it was from God, and that's how he knew it was from God. So it's been great. I've been down there for uh, almost five years. Five, it'll be five years um, this coming March. And I've been down there um, serving uh, in YWAM, or Youth with a Mission. Um, it's a worldwide organi- missions organization. Um, and just two years ago, I met my beautiful fiance, and I just want to give her an opportunity before I talk to share what is she does down there. Good morning. morning. Yeah, I went to Peru a little over two years ago. Um, when I went down there, I was wanting to work with women, and I was working with a ministry there. But um, God very quickly directed me in another area, and I've been working with adolescent girls. It's like from the ages of 7 to 14. Um, down there, a lot of girls believe, you know, they're going to turn 16, they're going to get pregnant, and they're not going to be able to finish high school. They're not going to do anything with their lives. Um, raising a family is great, but raising a family when you're 16 with multiple different men is not <laughs> great. <laughs> um, and so my focus and, you know, heart is that they could... Um, be given the opportunity to learn their talents and their strengths and to learn what their purpose and um, dreams are and, you know, their God-given purpose and to help them walk that out. And so that is my ministry. I have a group of about 20 girls, um, and it's come together over the last year. I just officially started it. It's called Restoring Daughtership. And so, <laughs> yeah, it's... Um, it's my f- like favorite thing in the world to do is go and hang out with them. And they love John so much. Um, they love our relationship. I think that it's been really good for them to see a Christian couple. Because all the couples there, even if they're in the church, everybody has kids. Everybody has multiple partners. Everybody's, you know, there's not a lot of <laughs> good uh, examples. And so, um, yeah, it's it's been really cool to work with them and to see how our relationship is um, inspiring them. Yeah, it's, um, Iquitos, where we live, is, you know, it's it's fairly isolated, but it has so many different issues going on, especially with younger girls. And it's just amazing to see how, like, in this last year, how, like, their their perspective of their future and their lives has just totally been transformed just by what Reagan has been doing and the little that I've been doing, um, speaking into their lives, discipling them. It's just amazing to see. Um and so, as some of you know, I have been a part of the DTS, or Discipleship Training School, program that YWAM has in Iquitos. Um, that's like the starting point for YWAM. Anyone who wants to do YWAM has to take this discipleship school. And the focus of this school is really to just um, 
um, just to strengthen and grow the relationship that all these young people who come to do the school have with the Lord, and also to just teach them um, how to be discipled and how to disciple others so that wherever they get sent in the world after that, whether they stay on in Peru, they get sent back to their homes, or that God calls them somewhere completely different, they can just continue in that and continue to disciple and just to change people's lives wherever they go. And so I've been involved in that ever since I've been down there for the past few years. Um, but this last year, or this year, at the end of the school, I was officially made the new director of the school. And I'm now officially in charge of it. So that's pretty big news. Um, and so we have a lot going on in our lives. We're in charge of two ministries now. And this Christmas, in just over a week, we are getting married. So a lot of big changes going in our lives. It's a lot to take in right now, but we're all both excited to start this new part of our lives and just see what God has in the future for us. So thank you so much for sharing. It's always just a joy to come back and to see everyone else. Um, I know I spend most of the year not here, but every time I come back, it just always immediately it just feels like home and family. So so great to come back. We just want to want to pray for John and Reagan. Would you just join with me in prayer? Father, we thank you for this uh, young couple and the, their commitment to go to the ends of the earth, Lord, and to minister to those who uh, really the rest of the world don't even know exist. And they've dedicated uh, this stage of their lives to pour into the uh, those people that live in that uh, jungle nation of Peru. We bless them, Father, that you would provide e for every one of their needs, Lord, physical needs, but also emotional needs as they're uh, so far away in a culture so vastly different than ours, but uh, also their spiritual needs, that you'd protect their spirits as they uh, labor on the front lines of the mission field and preaching the gospel to that uh, world. And we just bless them uh, to grow. We bless their uh, about-to-be marriage <laughs> and that uh, this new family would uh, be uh, a blessing both to them, each other, as well as the community they live at. And we do, again, uh, just affirm that they are part of this family and we're, we're proud of them and what they're doing in your name. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said amen. All right. Thanks, guys. You can be seated. <clears throat> so... I do encourage you to consider supporting them financially as YWAMers, even the smallest amount makes a huge difference. And so you're um, really $5 a week or something like that, even $5 a month, 20 bucks a month, something like that. And whatever you send, uh, whatever you donate, designate, uh, and you can designate that and any of the ways that we have to give to the Yurtis will go, or to Peru, will go to them. We send out a check every month, and some of you already faithfully give monthly, and we encourage you to do that, so it's so great. All right, <clears throat> so um, another uh, example of this church raising up people and, and sending them out, which is part of our mission and why we want to expand this campus and all of the campuses so that we can continue raising up people both to stay, the majority of people are uh, join a church, get plugged in, become pillars, and serve in a congregation. But occasionally, God chooses to send uh, some out, and that happened with a couple, a young couple, 
you're still young. <laughs> you're always still young because I'm getting older. <laughs> so isn't it great, John and Eric? And it's like, oh, wow, I just remember when he was a little kid. <laughs> but Sarah and Seth uh, Gerber are here from California. Come on up, guys. So <laughs> they served for many, many, many years here. Um, yeah, Sarah was on staff for many years in many different capacities. Uh, uh, Seth actually continues to serve. Seth is on our board of directors, even though he's in California, so he um, joins our meeting online, and it works. It's great. Um, but a few years ago, they felt that God was leading them to move to California. I'm still dealing with that. <laughs> but God certainly confirmed it in many, many ways, and God's given them a great ministry. So Seth's going to share a little bit, and then Sarah's got a, an exhortation to share. Awesome. Hey, good to see you guys. It's awesome. Love it. Right up there. So, yeah. Hey, thankful to be back. It feels like family when we walk in. I agree with John. You know, it's, it, you just all familiar faces and you just feel connected. And we tell people about when we're, we're in Redding, California at Bethel Church and we tell people about you guys all the time. Because we just love you, and our hearts are still here. Our hearts are still a part of what God's doing here, and we love it. So um, I've got two testimonies to share. Oh, first, so I'm actually pastoring. I'm getting paid to do what I've always done. <laughs> I'm actually, all right, I'm actually getting money for it. So it's not a lot of money, but it's money. It's enough for what we need. It's been great. So, and sit, so, I, so I pastor in the School of Ministry, Bethel Supernatural School of Ministry, and uh, Sarah still is Steve and Wendy Backland's personal assistant. Some of you remember Steve and w or Wendy or Steve Backland and Wendy. Yes, they're both here. Anyway, so um, they are awesome. We love serving them, and Sarah's continuing to do that. So it's we feel yeah like we're just settling in a little bit to actual life and figuring life out a little bit, and it's amazing. So I got two testimonies for you. So they they take the whole school. So there's in three years, there's three, it's a three-year school. They take, it's about 2,500 people. And in first year of the school, there's about 1,200, 12 to 1,300. And they break that 12 to 1,300 down into groups of about 60, and they have a pastor over each group of 60. So I'm one of those pastors over a group of 60 people, basically help them walk through their life processes and counseling and growing and challenging, and it's, it's a blast. It's so much fun. So we meet as a staff, and... and Every month or so, we take an offering within our groups, so our groups of 60. We take an offering to help support people that are there by faith, <laughs> that are living by faith, that don't have money for next week, for next uh, rent payment, and we, we as a community help out. And usually when we do that, we raise about, you know, six, five, six, seven, eight hundred dollars, something like that. Well, another um, pastor shared a testimony. She said they took an offering in their group and $20,000 came in. So usually it's six to $800, $20,000 came in. That'll make a difference. That was a surprise. It was like God was doing something. But get this, one of the people in the group, as they were saying, hey, we got $20,000, praise God, isn't this amazing? We can meet tons of financial need and give a lot of this away. One of the other people in the group received a message that they just received an inheritance that had been locked up in court 
for a whole bunch of years. I'm not sure how many years. It was a lot of years. $200,000 this person got. So not only was it like $20,000 for the group, but then this $200,000 amount of money just became available all of a sudden. And they never expected that to come in. And I just want to release like surprises, financial surprises, where you didn't expect it, God wants to provide. He wants to go above and beyond what you could hope for or imagine. And um, there's just this expectation of what God wants to do. And um, especially in light of the big fundraiser that's going on, you know, God wants to do that. He wants it more than we do. He wants to do it more than we do. And where we think it's impossible, he wants to go beyond what's impossible. So I want to tell you another testimony. Um, I have a student that's back home in Egypt. So he's visiting family for uh, Christmas, the holidays in Egypt. And I was FaceTiming with him a couple days ago. And he told me, he said, Seth, did you know that there's been 600 Muslims converted? Sorry, 6 million. <laughs> it's a big difference. It's a, there's a slight difference. 6 million Muslims converted to Christianity just in Egypt, just in 2017. God is really, he, he is just doing stuff. He is, he, there is so much happening right now. So many people are coming in to know the good news, right? The gospel is the good news of Jesus Christ. What we carry is really, really, really good news. And what we have for the people around us is really, really, really good news. I mean, he's, he's going to exchange. It's a great exchange. Beauty for ashes. Joy for mourning. I mean, it's a beautiful exchange. And I felt like just that scripture in Isaiah 60 that talks about how nations will come to you. I felt like even as, even as this body continues to grow, continues to expand, and there's a physical expansion happening, that actually people are going to come here. Space is going to be made because people are going to come here. There's a lot of people that need discipleship and the love of a body and the family of a community to come and support them as they grow in their Christian faith. And so this is a good place for that. We know that. This is a really good place for that. So I just want to bless you guys. Financial blessing, breakthrough where you didn't expect it. God's going to do beyond what you could hope for or imagine. And just that as the nations are saved, as people are coming to know Jesus, that they will even land here and become a part of this family and grow in who they're called to be. Amen. Yes. Yes, that was such a good word, Seth. Yeah, so I had the, the privilege of coming here. I think coming here is like my favorite thing. Actually, I really enjoyed driving through Kalamazoo, the streets of Kalamazoo, and just seeing what's new, what buildings have been built, or what's changed. It's just my favorite. I love New Day. This is the best family. This is like the hidden treasure in the heart of Michigan. Um, but I came here uh, two Sundays ago and just walked in in the intersection time. And that was the week that the panel was up here uh, talking about the 320 and beyond vision. Is that how you say it? What it is? Okay. So it was funny because I, you know, just was like, oh, I'm going to come to intersection and say hi to people. And, and then I saw this happening and... And something interesting was going on inside of me, but I didn't piece it together till afterwards. <laughs> I was standing next to Mark, and I was just, it was like, it was literally like fireworks were going off inside my spirit. My spirit was just like, 
like so excited. And it was the, the vision that they were sharing. And I started seeing the pictures in my mind of this building addition that, that I realized that I had invested in years of prayer in this place. So I had worked in this, uh, this church for 11 years. I was on staff here. And I would lead a prayer meeting for, I don't know how many years I led that meeting, but it was years. And in that time, we prayed, you know, into this, and we would prayer walk on the land and pray, and, you know, just so many hours invested into that. And I was seeing that, the, the, the addition of this, this building in my mind, and I've seen it in my mind's eye for years. I've just seen it. And when I think about New Day, when I think about this building, I see the, the addition. I don't think about it as it is now. It's just because that's how real it is to me because of maybe how much I've seen it in prayer. And so, <laughs> so I'm seeing the building addition, and, and I'm, I don't know what. It wasn't like I was cognizantly thinking, you know, through all this, but I, I was just like, ah! Like, it was like, and I kept saying this to Mark, it's like all of heaven is trying to jump out of my spirit into this room right now. It's just like I didn't even know what to do with the excitement. It was just crazy, and I was like, there was, I couldn't contain myself. I was like, somebody give me a microphone. <laughs> That's how I felt because I just wanted to shout from the rooftops about the excitement that God feels for what he wants to do through this church. He has big plans, you know. So, <laughs> so I was freaking out, and I think Israel Yoder was saying something about God, you know, his, his provision, he, he's got plans, he's going to do, you know, he's going to do it. And I was like, amen! <laughs> like, I just couldn't contain myself. It was really funny. I mean, to me, it was funny. And, but I couldn't figure out what was going on. And then, like, through the course of, like, you know, the church service, I was like, oh, oh okay, I think it's, it's the Lord. And it's just, I'm, I have invested all this time, and I've seen this addition, and the Lord's so excited about it, and I think that's what's going on here. <laughs> and then I told Mark afterwards, I'm like, I figured it out. <laughs> okay, that's what's happening. Um, sometimes that happens. If that ever happens to you, whew, it's interesting. Um, but the Lord was leading me to, to look at this, the story of Gideon in Judges 6 through 8. You could have a good read. I'm not going to go through the entire story word for word because I don't have time, but um, it's powerful. And, you know... <laughs> The Israelites had been oppressed by an enemy for seven years. So what that looked like was that they were taking all of their crops and destroying them as soon as they were ready, and they were killing their animals. And that was their livelihood. So it was like every time there had been success, there was a, a stealing away of that success, and they couldn't get ahead. Anybody have situations like that in their life? Sometimes we can relate to the stories in the Bible. So... So, so here's Gideon. So he's in this, like, that's his world, like, destitute, impoverished because of this crazy enemy that just won't relent. And they're hiding out because they're so, you know, if they go out, if they do things, they'll just, you know, get, I don't know if they're getting killed because it doesn't really mention that, but it just mention, mentions the impoverished state that they were in. So he's hiding, and, you know, his perspective is that he's, like, the weakest in his family. His family's the weakest in his clan. Like, there's just, it, it's, he's in a low place, you know. And that's the state of life that he knows. And so, but the Lord has a plan. And he wants to use this guy as the, the main figure in his project. The Lord has a project he wants to do, and he wants to basically annihilate this whole enemy that's been bothering them for seven years through this guy who feels pretty weak yeah. and feels like he has really nothing to, to offer. 
And so the Lord shows up and says, you mighty man of valor, which is a statement that is completely contrary to Gideon's experience, right? And, and then, you know, through the course of the Lord laying out this plan, you know, Gideon's just like, you know, he sees, you know, himself, and he sees this huge army, you know? This is totally impossible, like totally impossible in his mind. And that makes sense as a human, <laughs> you know? I can relate with Gideon. I think sometimes when I read the Bible, I'm like, Gideon, you can do it, you know, like God said. But, like, you're in, if you're in those shoes, which a lot of us are in shoes like that, it's actually difficult to see how God could do something so big or, and use us to do that. But the Lord says, this is my favorite part, the Lord says, surely I will be with you. And you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. He's like, hey, I'm going to be doing a lot of the work, and, but you're going to be doing this in unity. In unity. You're going to be doing this, which is amazing. And then Gideon um, makes this altar to the Lord in that place. He had this encounter with God. This is a big deal. So in those times, they would make altars. And he named the altar... The Lord is peace. And so how many of you know that when the Lord is calling us to a great thing that seems impossible, we need peace, <laughs> right? The Lord is just giving New Day a sense of his peace right now. So the Lord is like, okay, we're going to do this. This is, this is a big deal for you, I know. You know, and so Gideon gathers all these people all these people, because this army, as is described, is innumerable. And it says, as the sands on the seashore is this army. Innumerable. <laughs> a multitude. I don't know how many that is, but it's a lot. So they gather 22,000, and the Lord is like, you know what? This is too many. Too many Israelites to fight this army that's innumerable as the sands on the, the seashore. Too many, 22,000. So innumerable, 22,000. The math doesn't add up at this point, Lord, and you want less. doesn't make sense. So he reduces it to 10,000. This is even worse, Lord. I don't understand. <laughs> and then he says, you know what? I don't want you to take credit for the win that we're going to have. We're going to win, and I don't want you to take credit for it. So let's just change that number to 300. 300 to innumerable sands on the seashore. Those odds make sense to the Lord. <laughs> Apparently, to the Lord, that math adds up perfectly. You know, so I'm sure Gideon, I mean, because at this point, Gideon has done all these things where the Lord has shown him, guess what, I can do it. I'm going to de demonstrate it by doing this this, this, and this, and this. I'm going to do all these things to demonstrate that I can do it. And Gideon is starting to get convinced. Yeah. Okay, I think God can do this. He's doing these crazy miracles. And <laughs> so unconventionally, because Gideon is so convinced that the Lord is doing this, they are able to defeat the army. And, and with like jars and lanterns and like this kind of crazy unconventional way that makes no sense to humans. And um, the enemy turns on themselves and 120 fell. 
sorry, <laughs> I just did what Seth did. 120,000 fell against their 300 because the Lord is the one who fights our battles, right? Like Gideon did his part with the 300. He was like, we got to get all these people. No, you just actually need this many. And the Gideon did his part, and then they did this unconventional instruction from the Lord, and then the enemy turns on themselves, and there's victory, and they win. And it's just crazy. They have 40 years of peace, and they can grow their crops, and they can have their animals, and nobody's going to take them, and they're going to be okay. They come into a place of abundance because the Lord won the battle. And there's this interesting thing when the Lord presents to us an impossible thing that we can do. You know, this is the impossible thing, and this is our part. This is, this is the impossible thing we want to do. We want to accomplish $1.5 million in how many years? In three years. That is impossible for this amount of people. Impossible. Yeah? Nope. Not impossible at all. <laughs> but between here, our part, and the victory here, 1.5 million in three years, this is where the Lord says, surely I will be with you, and you will defeat the enemy as one, as a unified body. This is where the Lord <laughs> wins the battle. This is where somehow the enemy turns their swords on each other, and they all fall. How does that work? It's, it's the Lord. He does it. It's amazing how he does it. And, and then they, you can live in peace, right? And I just had this sense that the Lord was going to, because I feel a strong sense of compassion from the Lord for people who have had financial disappointment, you know? You know, so many of us have been like Gideon, where, like, we just can't get ahead, and there is real financial disappointment and struggle, and the Lord is so with you. He's so with us, and he understands, and I, I was just really feeling like he's going to heal people in this body in this season. He's going to heal that, and you're going to live in a place of peace and abundance in the next season. So we just say yes and amen to that. So we just receive the compassion of the Lord from those who have had financial difficulty. Um, I want to share a couple testimonies. In Wichita, Kansas, there's uh, an awesome church. They're kind of this up-and-coming church. And they needed a building. And this older church full of, um, like, elderly people, uh, they had an $8 million building. But they wanted to bless this church, so they sold it to them for $1 million. So they got an $8 million building for $1 million. And then that beautiful elderly church, they sowed every dollar into the community of that $1 million that they got, which is incredible. Um, in Raleigh, North Carolina, a good friend of ours, Duncan Smith, was given $1 million for his bu building purchase. In Wisconsin, there's a church where there was a, a, a building given to a, a church who already had a building, so now they have two buildings. How cool is that? In Dayton, Ohio, there's a church where they have a church in, in an area of the city, but they were given a building in the inner city part of Dayton, and now they have an expanding uh, inner city ministry that they're able to do because of that building. In South Africa, we know of a church where they had this vision. They wanted to build these two buildings with, with cash and without any debt. And so they went for it and just started going. And God kept bringing miracle after miracle. And now their two buildings are complete, totally debt-free. 
um, in South Africa, a pastor, a friend of ours, John Crumpton, um, he wanted to do a building expansion, and we were there when they were kind of in the middle of it, and uh, the Lord did miracle after miracle, and their sanctuary, the addition, is complete without debt, and now they're starting a second uh, addition. There's some other um, project that they were going to do, and they're also believing, I think, for over a million dollars for that one. And so we're agreeing with them for that, but they've seen it come through already for their sanctuary, so it's so awesome. So there are churches all over the U.S. and the world that are in the same position we are and seeing miracles occur to the point where they're able to, to go forward in their ministries. And it's just cool to think of the Lord just meeting people's needs and seeing the kingdom further through these churches who are seeing these miracles occur. We're not the only one in it, you know? And I just wanted to um, pray for people who have had financial difficulty and um, maybe feel like they could be in like a Gideon state where they're just, they can't get ahead, you know, and every time it seems like there's, you know, something, then there's like it's stolen somehow, and uh, I really feel like the Lord is going to bring healing, and in this next season that they're going to see healing occur in this area and breakthrough. And uh, also, I want to do a, a declaration together. I wrote this one for our church um, in this situation just because I, I didn't like the other ones that were available. <laughs> I wanted to write my own for us. So, so yeah, I just wrote this one, and, um, and I just thought we could stand together. So I want everybody stand up. And, you know, sometimes when, when you, you have had financial disappointment, it's hard to have this spirit of faith. But you know what? Our words form our world. Our words are powerful, and just as the Lord created the world with his words, we create our world with our words because we're made in his image. And so as we say things, they set up our future for those things to occur. And so even if you don't feel it, I want to encourage you to say it like you mean it and just see what happens. So let's just declare this together. If you could put the slide up. One, two, three. Thank you, God, for faithfully providing for my needs. I stand in unshakable faith, believing that mountains can be moved in my own finances. You defeat the devourer for my sake. I believe that you supply all of my need according to your riches and glory. As I give into the kingdom of God, I believe that you will multiply my seed to advance your kingdom and promote the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. So you can just stay standing. Lord, I just thank you so much for this incredible, precious body of believers. Lord, our family, we just thank you so much for how you provide for each one. We're so full of gratitude, God. Yeah, we come into your courts with thanksgiving because you have provided, you are so faithful over the years how you over and over again meet our needs. Lord, and I just declare breakthrough for those who have had financial disappointment. And I just thank you for your heart of compassion for them, Lord, that you're holding them. I just I was seeing a picture of the Lord kind of holding you in his hands as a family and, and like undergirding you, holding you up, building you up and healing we just thank you, Father, how you're healing uh, wounded financial hearts. And you are 
causing breakthrough. We just say yes and amen to breakthrough in the name of Jesus. We rebuke the devourer who's been stealing. We say no longer in the name of Jesus. And we just thank you, God, how you are going to heal and you're going to bring abundance. And just like you did with Gideon, you showed how you were going to do the miracle. And we just say yes and amen. I just thank you, God, how you are going to do such incredible things. I just hear the Lord saying, don't be intimidated by 1.5 million in three years. It's not that big of a deal for me. And I just, we just say yes and amen. I just declare that 1.5 million coming in in the name of Jesus. We just say yes and amen to a perfect building addition, paying off all mortgages. I thank you that New Day is a church of abundance where we are the head and not the tail. And we just say yes and amen to that for every family represented here. And Lord, I just declare faith that would rise up in each heart, faith that would rise up in each heart, that they will be able to give into this because of what the small bit that they have or the big bit that they have. They can give and it will be powerful and there will be souls saved because of that. Lord, thank you for how you're going to advance the kingdom through New Day Community Church and it's going to impact the west side of Kalamazoo like we've never seen before. In the name of Jesus, you are good, God. You are good. We just say no to doubt and fear. You can walk out the door right now in Jesus' name. We just declare faith, hope, and love. Amen. All right, thank you. You guys can be seated. Please be seated. Thanks, Sarah. That was a great word. I actually uh, had in mind to ask her to uh, share a, a declaration because I knew that, I know they do that in Bethel, and, and she wrote one. I didn't ask her because I was like, no, I'm just going to let her do whatever she wants, and, uh, and then she ended up having one ready, so that was great. Um, <clears throat> if you come here regularly, you know that we rarely talk about money. Uh, it's, it's actually something that I don't like to preach on. I don't like to teach on it often, uh, but um, it is something that we do need to address, and I want you to understand, e- even in the context of what we're talking about today, that finances or money is just a tool by which God teaches us a truth, all right? And so um, that example of, of Gideon, the distance between uh, where Gideon was and where God was calling him or where we are and sometimes where God is calling us seems impossible and the distance between where we are and where God's calling us, in this sense, we're... We were talking about 1.5 million, but maybe it's emotional healing. Maybe it's uh, freedom from addiction. All right. Maybe it's hope. You are hopeless, and God's calling you to a place of being hopeful. Uh, maybe you're in a place of sorrow, and God's calling you to a place of joy. But that, the distance between where you are and where God's calling you is impossible in your eyes or in your effort and your strength. And and that's where God comes in. That's That's what... In, in Christianity is called faith, all right? It's a relationship with God where he carries you from where you are to where he wants you to be and where he can take you. You know, and the, the, biggest, the biggest distance, <laughs> the greatest distance is from death to life. And Jesus came, uh, and I'm going to be talking about this next week, uh, Jesus came uh, on Christmas as the best gift of all when he came as a child, to bear this, the guilt of sin and the shame of sin and the penalty of sin um, for each and every one of us. And if you're here today and you have not accepted Jesus' sacrifice 
uh, on the cross. You know, he came as a child. He lived a life. He demonstrated a sinless life. He demonstrated power over sin and death through the miracles that he lived and to the people that he rose from the dead. But then the ultimate miracle was when he, when he took upon himself the penalty of sin on the cross and died in your place, in my place, that uh, the penalty of my sin is death. He took that upon him, and he bore that, and he went to the grave, but the grave wasn't able to hold him because he was sinless. He was victorious. He, he grabbed the gates and tore the bars away. It actually says that in the Bible. He grabbed the gates of hell and tore the bars away. And that not only meant that he could walk free, but it meant that every other person trapped by death and by sin could be free. All right? And all you have to do is follow him. He opened the door, but you have to follow him. And that's what Jesus would say to people when he encountered them. He'd say, follow me. He never said become a Christian. He added that terminology later. He'd just say, follow me. And so if you're here and you, you haven't been following Jesus, maybe you did at one point, maybe you prayed and you tried and then you stumbled and fell, or maybe you never have uh, for whatever reason. It never added up to you. Uh, but there is a level of, uh, you know, it goes beyond human reason. How could his death pay for my sin? It's the way God designed it. He makes it work. He does the math, all right? And he wants to take your sin away. He wants to take your sorrow away. And he wants to give you freedom. And he wants to give you joy.